Founders of Common Air, Angela Ubias and Kerry Lynn are reimagining beauty traditions with clean, plastic-free and high-impact skincare that's low impact on the environment. Stay tuned for more on their mission and what's next for Common Air. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who are building some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to connect and learn from fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce you our guests for today, Kerry and Angela. Redefining classic beauty, reimagining beauty traditions and reevaluating our impact on the environment, Kerry and Angela are the founders of the sustainable skincare brand Common Air. Bettering beauty rituals with high-performance active ingredients, Common Air also seeks to eliminate waste by going plastic-free and using biodegradable formulas. As clean beauty veterans, Kerry and Angela have worked across the industry, from marketing to manufacturing, and have combined their know-how to make efficacy synonymous with sustainability. I love how this is referenced in the brand name too, Common Air. It's about inheriting skin as we inherit the earth and seeking to reimagine traditions that we passed on to future generations. It's such a beautiful message. And as you know, I'm all about cele- celebrating heritage, community, and our natural habitat. So, Kerry, Angela, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Akash. It's really nice to be here. So I ask all my guests the same question. So I'll, I'll do the same with you. We'll start with you, Kerry. Um, who in a nutshell is Kerry? <laughs> wow. Um... Well, uh, I'm Carrie Lynn. I'm from originally from China, but grew up in Berkeley, California. Um, and I originally started my career not in the beauty industry, but in management consulting, where I was living out of a suitcase and hated my job and found that my skin was blowing up quite a bit from, from that lifestyle and started searching and getting into skincare as a way to boost my confidence um, in front of my peers and and, um, clients. And I just really fell in love with the industry. I loved the storytelling. I became obsessed with just walking the shelves at Sephora for fun and just, you know, began to get the little earworm of, hmm, maybe this is something I'd rather be doing instead. And through a chance introduction through a beauty blogger that I'd met at the time. I ended up interning for another female founder. um, And that was sort of the gateway to me starting my career and hard pivoting into beauty and consumer goods. Um, So that is me in a nutshell. Wow. So eloquently and beautifully put, but um, so many nuggets of gold to get into later. But Angela, (laughs) tell us who in a nutshell is Angela? Who in a nutshell is Angela? I mean, you know, Carrie actually often refers to me as uh, the ghostwriter of clean and indie beauty. So I'm going to lean into that that title right now. I, I really fell into beauty by chance. I responded to like a Craigslist ad of all of all things that you could for an entry level uh, position in the manufacturing world of, of the industry. And that's kind of where I I cut my teeth. I've helped build, um, you know, the technical term is a crap ton of <laughs> indie and clean beauty brands in my career. And um, yeah, finally decided to do it for myself alongside Carrie. That is amazing. So, so tell us more about how you guys properly met. Like that's what, that's the thing I want to get into first. Yeah. So um, around the fall and winter of 2019, I started toying with the idea of um, getting rid of plastic, plastic packaging um, entirely in beauty in a way that wasn't granola. Um, yes. You know, both Angela and I, before we met, we were both uh, lovers of skincare and like luxury skincare and um, didn't want to give that experience up. Um, but anyway, just became really obsessed with the idea of could you make something luxurious but take all the plastic packaging out of it? Is that 
even possible. So um, I didn't know what I was doing. So I started telling people in my circle of friends that uh, I was working on this so that maybe they would keep me accountable um, just so I would stick stick to it. And um, by chance, uh, one of these friends um, said, you know what, uh, I think you should talk to my friend Angela um, she, you know, has been in manufacturing for some time. She's down in Austin, Texas, but I just feel like you guys should connect. And so not thinking too much of it, I reached out to her and we set up like a initial 30 minute, like FaceTime or, or, or Zoom call. I don't even remember. I think it was FaceTime and, uh, I'll kind of let Angela take it from here. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, I mean, it was that fateful. It was a it was a FaceTime. And I remember that because I took the call undercover in my car. um, Because, you know, I was at my day job. And I just remember my arm being so tired by the end of it from like holding on to the phone for so long during that FaceTime. Um, But you know, I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in beauty because I had been in the industry for uh, a little over seven years at that point. And so I didn't know what next looked like for me. Um, yeah. And so when Carrie and I were introduced, I was a little reluctant to take the call. I was like, I, I'm not sure I want to be a founder. I'm not sure this is the industry I want to stay in. Um, But it was such, this, it was a kismet kind of meeting of the minds. I always refer to it as a love match. Uh, Because from that first phone call, I was like, she is the perfect complement in terms of skill set to everything that I can do. So if the two of us can't do this together, then like literally nobody can. So this is the time. Oh, I love that. And I think that's when you realize that togetherness builds you stronger. And I think a lot of people, you know, you can build a brand individually with multiple co-founders, but it is really about making sure that you're, you know, you're building a family, you're building a baby. It's a big decision. And we sometimes think about the process of dating and then getting settling down. It's the same with your co-founder, you know, you're going to have to make it a big life decision you're making. So I think knowing that all the stars are aligning at the beginning is it's really exciting because then you can just focus on the build and not necessarily, yeah, the struggles that can be with sometimes having a co-founder. So I think what you guys have said there is really good because you know your, your strengths and you need each other. And I think that's really powerful. Um, but one thing about Common Air, which I love and resonate a lot with, especially as with my own brand, Fable and Main, all reached in traditions and rituals, is that generational wisdom and that kind of, I know, um, Angela, you have like Sunday morning rituals that were passed down by your grandparents. And I would love to know from both of your sides, um, what was like growing up and beauty like for you? Oh, I can jump in first because I was just back in Texas visiting family. um, And so it kind of jogged my memory there. But some of my earliest beauty memories, you know, I come from a multicultural background um, and and so that in and of itself is very interesting, right? And so it's just very rich heritage on all sides. Um, but my, my grandmother specifically, I have so many wonderful memories of getting ready on Sunday mornings with her, watching her kind of take that time for what was self-care before we dubbed it self-care. Um, and taking those, those moments of kind of like intimacy almost with the makeup and the perfume and just taking those extra, that extra time there was, uh, 
kind of formative for me. And I think certainly what I've carried into Common Air. Amazing. Oh, it's so nice. And, and Carrie? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when we first immigrated from China to the States, I remember my mom had these big suitcases and um, she packed at the time what was um, her beauty secret, which was these vials of pressed pearl powder. Um, and she would like kind of pour them into like whatever moisturizer she was using. So my earliest memory is of those little those little vials and wondering what my mom was doing with them and just being very fascinated by by her um, her her ritual. And over time, you know, my um, my mom, you know, loved going to the Lancome counter at Macy's when when we made those trips. And I remember just taking all the extra freebies, all the juicy tubes that she didn't want. And um, even though I myself didn't wear a lot of makeup growing up, it was just always a fun, very special thing that we shared with each other. Um, and I think a lot of that got reactivated when I was older and starting to work for the first time. And I realized like what that ritual for her mother must have meant. Um, you know, she was so busy. She took care of me. She took care of my dad. And it's that one moment that you have for yourself that I didn't quite realize it until I was I was on my own and began to develop my own relationship with my my skincare rituals as well. I, I love the fact that, you know, both of you have these, um, like, I guess, uh, memories, but also very rich childhood experiences that can galvanize and cultivate together both in your own you know cultures but then it kind of works together in a made for all brand for everyone to relate to and that's like in beauty i think that's the next frontier right it's connecting and it's to be something that we feel is spoken to us not something that's market boardroom made and not really speaking to everyone in a deeper level so is that something that you guys knew from day one was the mission i think you know, part of the reason why calling the brand Common Air um, just felt right to us at the time when we were thinking about names is that, like, I enjoyed really listening to Angela's story of, you know, how she developed and cultivated her love of beauty and her relationship with her grandmother. And I realized that the two of us come and hail from very, very different beauty traditions, right? East Asian, for example, being very different from, like, um, the like multitude of cultures that are behind Angela's heritage. Um, and just realizing that what connects us, what resonated with both of us was just so powerful and, and universal um, in certain ways yeah. that we wanted to call the brand common air in the sense that it doesn't matter how different you are. It, there are some things that are really important that are across these um, things uh, that kind of unite us all and that, we, you know, we share the future that we're all going to have. And that was sort of the the ethos, I think, behind the brand. Uh, Angela, I don't know if you want to add any more to that. I mean, I think you, you said it all really perfectly. You know, for myself, being in the industry so long and just the way all of us grew up in the beauty industry and the way we were inundated with these very Eurocentric kind of ideals of beauty, um, you know, I think Carrie touched on it earlier. Like, we are luxury girls. We love premium products. We love to enjoy our beauty rituals in that way. And so starting to redefine that and re you know reconfigure it in our minds um was certainly something that we wanted to impart from the jump of wanting to make this truly for all and representative of our cultures of everyone's culture um and in a way that was deeply rooted in in luxury and fun and and all of those things also that and what i love is 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 going from like a really strong backbone and I guess mission then to then create incredible products is, uh, is not an easy like path because sometimes some brands are built really on, on marketing and branding and mission and some are built on product, but you guys have seemed to done this perfect job of having efficacy, beautiful packaging mission. I and mean, it's like, it's hitting all the right notes. And you know, now hearing you guys speak and knowing your roles, it makes sense. You know, you have Carrie as CEO and Angela as chief product officer. And with your incredible background in product development, I, I'm not surprised by that. So I would love, Angela, if you could explain to us how the MPD, well, not MPD, the PD, the product development came to be. Um, and you've kind of got two main, I guess, verticals right now within the product portfolio, which is the retinol and the vitamin C. 
Yeah. So for us, we decided, you know, we knew we wanted to be plastic free. And so then we immediately had to think about format and how can we still make this feel luxurious? Like, how do we still make this feel premium? And, you know, I think it was Carrie that had the idea of like, hey, we ingest vitamin supplements. Can we like use that technology in skincare and how do we utilize that? So, you know, that sent me down one of the most difficult product development paths I've ever done in all of my years, which of course it makes sense, right? It's my own finally, but my goodness, like that was, it was a steep learning curve. Um, cause when you remove plastic and you're, you're formulating for this format, you know, we knew that we didn't want it to be gimmicky. And so yeah. how do we actually add efficacy by using a capsule format? And for us, it was kind of a no brainer that yes, we should reimagine some of these classic actives that number one, just are not pleasant to use. You know what I mean? Like they feel clinical when you're using them or they're just like a really bad experience. They smell like bacon. If it's a vitamin C, you know, all of those things. So how do we start combating that um, on, on the PD side, on the formulation side? And, you know, we sent out some betas of early versions of the formula of the vitamin C specifically, um, to kind of friends of friends. So we got really honest opinions, um, of what is it that you're liking about this? Does this feel efficacious to you? Are you excited about the format? Is that not going to be exciting to you? Is it going to be a barrier to entry? Um, and all of the feedback we got was love the capsules, don't love the specific formula. Can we make this like less irritating? Can we remove silicones? Can we do all of these things? And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> let me just let me just figure out how how to deliver this like miracle in a capsule. Um, but you know, it was it was it happened, right? We we got vitamin C yeah. uh, to launch with only. I mean, we were only like a couple months delayed um, from I think the original target we set, like which is incredible to look back on. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been our philosophy and, and making sure we do the work and clinical testing for us outside of just efficacy has also been really important to ensure that, hey, we are re- reimagining clinicals. Clinical trials are a yeah. bit broken because they tend to only go so deep on certain skin tones. And then you're not really seeing all the data on on a Fitzpatrick scale, like beyond a three. Yeah. Right. And so like certainly my skin tone cannot be the deepest that these trials are being conducted on. Um, And so I'm rambling at this point. But yeah, that was just all of the the kind of thought process that's gone into our two products so far. That's amazing. And and I think what's really important is when you said clinical trials, people, especially startups, new companies, I hope like people realize and listening, like clinical trials are really expensive and it's often done at a much later stage. And for you guys to invest in that from an early stage to put the customers first and give them the the legitimacy and you know the the trust, it's really shows a lot that you really are a consumer-centric brand and you're really putting the formulas at the forefront. And I love that. So has to be said, like kudos to you guys for investing in that early stage because it's important uh, for the industry to do that and you know, it's, but it's not easy. So what advice would you give to, you know, start people starting their businesses that have maybe X amount of money at the beginning and decide, should I put it in marketing? Should I put it in clinical? Should I put it into, I don't know, new inventory? What would you say to them? Oh, it's a good question. Carrie, do you want to take that? I feel like you'll have a better answer. <laughs> um, I think the, the first thing to just start is to talk to people. And I think there's a process of yeah. looking inward on um, what feels what feels missing to you that you want to create, whether it's something that is deep within your soul that comes from a desire to share your heritage with others um, because it's a it's been an underdeveloped market or, or no one is reaching out to those customers that you uniquely have their viewpoint on um, and everyone else seems to be missing. Um, just like looking inward at that and then talking to people with, with that sort of hypothesis from within your heart that you want to validate, ask, you know, just reach out to strangers, reach out to friends, um, and ask them questions because customers in in that early community building, um, will tell you everything that you might need to know. I mean, we reshaped and went back to the lab literally because of that beta that Angela mentioned that we we did on the earliest formulation. And, and people were brutally honest, but they told us exactly what it was that they wanted to see. And um, 
I think that's like a really great early step that doesn't cost a lot of money, but, but costs or or like the value that you get from spending that time and investing in, in listening to people, I think is probably what I would recommend for anyone looking to get started and, and maybe feeling a bit capital strapped. That's a really good advice. And I think also when I worked in corporate a lot, we did invest and we did do a lot of listening, but we didn't actually like implement the learnings so you know with that making sure you are it can be hard sometimes to listen and then and then actually really listen you know because sometimes you you want to hear what you want to hear and you take on the test you say oh but they kind of liked it so I guess let's say they liked it it's like no like at that early stage it's the perfect moment before you launch formulas and you put your thing out there you know all the products and it's done like take that moment to really make sure you don't rush the launch, but do it right. You know, take that time. It's very important. Yeah. Might not be what you want to hear. And did you have that? Like, well, you definitely had that, but did you have those doubts sometimes? Like, you know, as a founder, as you, at the early stage, like, should we just launch this and figure it out later? Or should we wait and pause? And perform? Yeah, I think that's a, um, a really good question because you can swirl in, in right? Like a, a lot. Um, so I think, um, I think just having enough conversations where you feel confident in the idea to move forward to that next step, I think is probably right. And Akash, what you said about um, listening without an agenda is so important because I think when people are talking about something as intimate as skincare or beauty rituals, I mean, they're sharing their story, their life story with you. And, um, you know, in my experience in the past in marketing for some of you know, the largest sort of usual suspects and mass conglomerate CPG, a lot of their insights are around getting an answer to a very specific question um, mm. or or there's an agenda there, right? Like we need to make a decision between this and this. Um, and I think when you kind of talk to a, I mean, we approached people in the beginning because, you know, shortly after we started working together, um, COVID hit. So all of our plans of like taking people out to coffee and talking to them were just, it kind of blew up. So we, we resorted to kind of sliding into people's DMs on Instagram to like total strangers to see if they would talk to us. And like, you know, for, I can't believe that a lot of them did. And just like asking them, like, like, what does beauty mean to you? What does, in our case, what does sustainability mean to you? Like, what would you like to see? Like, what is your dream? Like, dream product. How does that fit into your day? How do you want that relationship with your skincare to feel? Um, We just asked one or two questions and the conversation would go in a totally different direction that was like, oh, I literally, if I had not let them continue speaking, would never have gotten this insight or this perspective. Um, And we both did that for a long time before we, you know, designed a product brief or or got to that point where we, where we, um, you know, kind of developed a really strong gut feeling all of it confirmed sort of what we knew in our heart from the very first time we talked you know we mentioned it but just the contours became so much clearer after these conversations exactly and and that that really is the groundwork that you need to do to make sure you're set in the right place and you have to do that throughout the whole of the journey it's not just you know at one point in time it's something that we have to always remind ourselves to come you know have a con have a conversation and listen but listen sometimes without an agenda, just listen and then maybe be inspired by what could come out of those conversations. It can be really what separates, you know, your brand or your business from everyone else is doing that because the world is changing so quickly and the needs of everyone are changing as well. And the pandemic was a perfect example of this. And I don't, I mean, you guys are a pandemic born brand like Fable and Maine, right? It was a 2020 you guys launched. We launched in 2021, actually, but obviously that meant in 2020 we had met and had started exactly. So tell me about how it was, because I'm sure we all have similar experiences. Like I'm sure, like building a team and working with labs, whatever you know, not being able to travel must have proven some challenges, but at the same time, opportunities. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, it was wild. So. If I if I were to just one word wild, wild, um, <laughs> I love it. Yes, you know Carrie and I again. So there was that fateful phone call that was like December 2019. I flew out to LA to like further the vibe check visit. At some point, Carrie had also come out to Austin to like do the kind of co-founder courting dating that we all. I love that earlier. Check the vibe check, like visit. I love it. <laughs> yes, it's like let's make sure. This is this is a thing that we want to do together. Um, no, so I went yeah. out to LA February 2020, verbally committed to like I'm gonna leave 
my long time job to do this full time. This is great. I got back like that weekend COVID hit in the States. And then, and I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if this is the right timing anymore. You know, all of those like natural thoughts that you have, because there's this once in a lifetime pandemic that we're staring down. But I found for me at least, and you know, I think this is true of other folks that I know in my life, the, that moment of pause, the pandemic forced on all of us, like it for me allowed a moment of reflection to say, you know what, this is where my passion is. This is what I get excited about working on nights and weekends on top of my crazy, like 60, 70 hour weeks. This is where I need to focus my my time. This is the mark that I actually want to leave behind. Um, you know, but it was certainly terrifying. And my family, friends, loved ones, everyone was cheering me on, but also kind of like, are you sure you want to do this right now? <laughs> You're leaving all of your job stability to to start something at such a such a crazy time. Um, yeah, Carrie, I don't know Amazing. if you want to jump in there. Um, yes, launching was not in a pandemic was not plan A at all, but it's all we know. So we don't know what it's like any other way. It's our both our first times doing this. Um, so yeah, we're just ignorant as to how it could have been done otherwise. I feel you. I mean, I mean, that's in a way it's quite a good thing because we could pivot. Well, not pivot, but yeah, just start the way it was meant to be at the current times, which was like, yeah, like no travel, just work from Zooms and hire from Zooms. And it was kind of, a, I guess, a blessing in disguise that both our businesses didn't have structures in place before that would have been like, imagine like people had like just committed to like a, tw- a 12 month office space that they couldn't use anymore or, you know, had um, certain stores open, like their own, their own standalone stores or pop up. So I think it definitely was a moment to realize like, let's ride that digital acceleration and get, you know, really about communicating online, speaking to people, live streaming. And that's kind of, uh, everyone had to deal with that and new brands actually could maybe get quicker on it because they didn't have to spend time kind of, I guess, uh, pivoting. They could just go, right? Whereas a lot of other brands had to first figure out how to like optimize what they have and move things around and then decide what's next. So I think that's why you saw a lot of, uh, the industry saw a big spike in like all these newness and these brands coming into the the virality on TikTok and all these new frontiers because of um, yeah this moment, which I think is great um, for us newbies in the industry. Um, but I do I do also love the fact that beyond just you know like building great products and sustainability etc., you have a mission as well where you also like to give back. So can one of you tell me about like the the things you do with the ocean blue project and like the carbon neutral shipping. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Yeah, um, I can speak a bit to that, and and there's other things that we do as well. Um, I think when we first started, our you know partner for the um, pre-launch was Ocean Blue Project because they have a specific sort of um, thing that they offer, which is that every dollar donated, um, the team actually goes out and uh, with their machines and their infrastructure remove about the equivalent of a pound of ocean microplastics from. Uh, where they are situated in the Pacific Northwest. And so that just felt so obviously like perfect. And so we reached out to them and a partnership was born where if you, you know, signed up initially for our email, we would, you know, instead of paying Facebook or paying Google, we would just donate a dollar to this amazing little um, uh, organization. And um, we ended up in that very first year, I think, raising about two thousand, eventually three thousand dollars, or basically removing the equivalent of um, uh, two to three thousand pounds of ocean microplastics in our very first year. So that was something that Amazing. we were super proud of. And, and uh, Richard Arterbury has been like a really, really great partner to us there. Um, and then shortly after launching, we decided they were also um, an eligible nonprofit through 1% for the Planet. And so we sort of partnered as 1% for the Planet and just like channeled our donation through Ocean Blue Project from, from there. Um, but since we've also done um, donations to causes that are very personally um, like significant for us, um, Angela, I don't know if you want to talk about um, like the donation that we made last year. Yeah, so I'm I'm from Austin originally. I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and so it feels really good to be on the side of a brand and be able to make donations and the brand name. Um, and so Out Youth Austin is an amazing organization um, that we have been able to donate to in the past and will continue to donate to um, upcoming for, for Pride. So uh, they're, they're wonderful and they do so many amazing things for the community. Uh, so great. And uh, I'll make sure as well, if you guys want, I can put some links in the bio as well to the organizations that you're supporting. Yeah, great. So people can also go and learn and donate and help and support them too. So that'd be amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Great. So, I mean, in terms of now what's next for Common Air, what are you guys kind of, what you can disclose, because I know how it is, but um, what are you guys focusing on in the next couple of months? For the rest of the year, I'll say we are, I'm working on launching another one to two SKUs, which is very, very exciting. Um, you know, still leaning into this theme of um, just some, some really great efficacious products that have um, that, that heritage twist to them. <laughs> I don't know, Carrie, right. do you want to, do you want to elaborate on anything else that we have going on? Um, hoping to grow our team. Um, yes. we have been just the two of us for so long and, and, uh, oh, <laughs> we're both, I guess, in our own ways. Like, I think she's superwoman. Like, I don't, but, but that is how much the two, two of us alone can do. And I'm like, okay, this is the output. We might need some help. So, um, we're hoping to double our team sort of through the middle of this year, which is going to be really exciting. That's a big transition from just like, oh, we work from home and sometimes you come to my house to actually creating something that has a semblance of being like a, a real company and a real culture and all those things. So I look forward to to that experience for Common Air sort of in the very, very new future. Um, and yeah, just kind of um, open and very receptive to like the right partnerships and opportunities that come our way and having more bandwidth to um, to partner going forward in the future. So exciting. And, and I think it's just to say and pause and reflect like what you guys have already achieved, just the two of you, insane, like insane, insane, insane. So it's, I mean, I know you guys will have like yes. partners and yes. different agencies and stuff here and there, but really I know the amount of work that goes in and um, it is an incredible feeling to like, be able to in life it's all about learning especially in our earlier years right we go to school we pay to learn um and uh we should never stop learning and i think to be able to get in a position where you have your own brand and you get to learn about things that you never normally would in some terms in a corporate role for example you can't learn 
in one day. You won't be necessarily liaising with trademarks, handling product, uh, you know, ingredient inculus, and then handling your influencer strategy. And then, you know, it's, it's, this is a normal day for uh, founders, right? It's just the whole 360, especially if it's just you two doing the whole brand. I know, I know the feeling, but when you hire people, it will, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a really weird but amazing feeling to like be able to delegate realize it's no longer just your baby it's it's everyone's baby but i tell you like i just had a pivoting moment like a few weeks a few days ago actually where um we hired someone that i actually haven't met yet and it's like the saddest it's the saddest but happiest feeling to give my team now the authority to like go i trust in you but also i'm like wait we've just hired someone i haven't interviewed this is a really weird feeling so um so yeah i've just now we're um we're 27 people which is crazy um so yeah it can grow and this time last year we were like eight so it can grow so quickly so just be prepared for that journey and it's an amazing journey but um it just once you hire it it kind of doesn't stop (laughs) it kind of comes and comes so enjoy the time while it's the two of you for a bit because um it will no longer be that very soon, <laughs> but it's exciting. I'm yeah. very, very, we're, very, very I'm excited for the journey ahead. I was going to say we're, we're so, super excited about it, but I think there, to your point, there's always like something to like about every stage that you're at um, or there's yeah. something to appreciate. Um, so I, I totally agree. And I think what was the yeah. most interesting part about going, well, I have a question for you in terms of like how much yeah. for people, I mean, when you guys did that sort of hiring, like how much you thought and were deliberate about your company culture, or if it just kind of ended up being an emerging pattern of the people that you tended to have on your team. Cause I think Angela and I, like I said, we didn't have a working history together. We kind of like grew into our uh, like learning about each other and understanding how each other best works and communicate sort of through zoom. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, you know, for us, we got questions during the recent sort of hiring processes that we did was like, what is your company culture? And I'm like, oh, we never wrote it out necessarily on a piece of paper, but we tend to like the same kind of spirit in people. Um, And I think we kind of end up kind of having a lot of similar values for what we like, certainly probably about each other, but also about the people that we've tend to work with in the past. And I always think it's crazy how much like is culture just like two people sitting down being like, these are the words or something that ends up happening organically over time on a small team. So I I actually am curious, like how that's evolved for you guys. It's a great question. And and to be honest, it's it's exactly kind of what you said. And even what Angela said at the beginning, it's like, I, we, we haven't put anything on paper and I don't think we will because when you're a company built already stemming from you know, company culture and heritage and, and, and vibe and all that stuff, you don't need to really write it down. Like, I think the big companies that need to make change and need to do that, they have these like manifestos and the HR need to like have a quota and this and that. For us, I think we are already that, you know, you guys are amazing women of color. Me and my sister are, you know, we're, we're of color. We're, we're like uh, siblings and we've ended up building the business with such diversity and and spread of heritage and culture without even realizing it. And it was actually recently when me and my sister looked back and we were like, wait, we've got like how many different country, uh, like uh, languages and people from all over the world. And we've got employees currently like in Spain and in Netherlands. And it just happened organically. Um, one thing we focused on was the vibe, right? Like when you interview them, what's their vibe? What do they feel like? So really echoing what you both said, I don't think you will need to, and I don't think you'll, you will, because you guys are just going to do it organically with what, who you guys are and what your mission is as, as both humans, as founders, and uh, as a company. So, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, we don't, don't do it. Don't write it down. You don't need to. That's my little advice there. Um, in terms of now, uh, yeah. <laughs> but again, like I, I say this, this, this podcast is just like, a, you know, as, as I said before we even recorded, this is just like a Zoom conversation I'm recording in a way. Like it's, it's not actually Zoom, guys. But like, you know, it's like a conversation we're having. Like we will, we're now connected. So on this journey, like any questions you have, and likewise, you know, we just, we'll just help each other and just, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a new territory for all of us. But it's so exciting to know that we're not really alone. Um, and definitely uh, sometimes do checking in on people and asking those questions, even if you already know the answer, 
it's still so worth it just to even get the affirmation of like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm on the right path because it can be lonely, right? It's just the two of you. And you'd be like, wait, are we doing the right thing? No, I think we're doing the right thing, but are we doing the right thing? It happens a lot. So uh, do you guys have like a group of, um, I would say like founder friends like that you can go to and speak to? No, I had friends that were founder friends because, again, I'd been in manufacturing so long, so I knew so many people um, that had kind of warned me ahead of time that this is going to feel isolating when you embark on this journey. And I just thought I was going to be totally fine and kind of didn't really pay any mind to their um, kind of, you know, to that caution. And then when it came down to it, I was like, oh, my God, this is so isolating. I'm so grateful that I have Carrie as a co-founder, but we were building this remotely. It was during the pandemic. And it's still, you know, even if we had been in the same city at that time, it still would have been incredibly isolating. I went from a team of, you know, overseeing 100 people to it was just me and Carrie and like a couple of contractors working on things, you know? Um, so I definitely found an amazing network of other founders just in the CPG space in general that I just, you know, I lean on so much. I'm part of a Slack group that's called um, Founder Therapy. And love it. I am so close to all of the women that are in that group. We are just constantly like information sharing, resource sharing, um, you know, it's, it's this great collaborative environment that's just so uplifting. That's so good to hear. I mean, Carrie, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, we both ended up with like different, like support groups of, of founders as well. Cause here in LA, there's obviously, um, like a, a good, a good, um, number of us, but I've also yeah. found, um, in particular that like who, you're building those relationships with also really matters. I, I found that, you know, today is we're recording in May, it's AAPI Heritage Month. Um, like a lot of the founders that, you know, are maybe different Asian backgrounds uh, have been super helpful because we kind of end up dealing with the same things, whether it's fundraising or like the positioning of our products and whether or not they're too niche or just the shared experience of like what it's like to go through it together, I think provides a little bit of extra oomph that I think that maybe if the brand had started 10 years ago, I think it would be a lot lonelier because, you know, the experience wouldn't feel as as communal um, to your point, but we, I, it does feel um, that we're kind of all going through this together. Everyone shares information and tries to help other people out. There's opportunities to kind of learn um, from someone's experience. Hey, here's what to do. Here's what not to do. Um, and also they're kind of on your team. Cause I've found that like being a founder, um, I need to have a team that supports me, Apart from the founder community, I, you know, started doing things to protect my mental health or um, just doing, um, setting boundaries for myself and um, just talking to other founders and how they dealt with that. Maybe they're a year or two ahead of us. Um, just really help kind of figure out like, oh, okay, these are totally typical things that people go through and here's how people dealt with it. Here's a recommendation for an executive coach, for a therapist, for a really great like massage masseuse somewhere, you know, so um yeah, just having that full body and mind support, um, I think is just so, so important because this journey is exhausting. And as Angela said, I'm glad I have her. I, I can't yeah. imagine what it's like to go solo. Like that's, that's wild to me too. Exactly. No, you said it so beautifully and it's true. It's, it's putting each other up and on knowing that you're not alone on this journey, but, um, it, but having also people out of the, the company as well can be really helpful too, because you're both in it. And sometimes being too in it, like I say to my sister, like, we think we know everything, but we actually don't. So let's go out of woods. And um, also sometimes I even need my space as well for my sister. You know, we're in it every single day. Like <laughs> I've, I've known her for my life, you know, she's my, my best friend. But at the same time, That's like there are days where I'm like, okay, go away. Like I need a break. Sometimes she's like, should we go, um, should, I, should I live with you? Or like, should we go on holiday? I'm like, no, 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 chill. Like let's just take a break. <laughs> I'm with you every day and assume we're good. So it's good to have like, you know, your own network as well that you can also rely on and it makes the whole it makes it just more sustainable mentally as well but um speaking about kind of like you know taking importance of your you know mental health physical health have you guys adopted um newly found rituals or you know existing rituals from your past mainly newly found from the pandemic and finding founding a brand um that keeps you you know geared up for success so maybe angela like what are your rituals routines that you do 
You know, I think one carryover for me, I've always been a huge proponent of just regular therapy. I think of it as just like routine maintenance. Um, So there was definitely a time where I kind of dipped off on that. Uh, during like the founding journey because I was just so busy. And as I've ramped back up on it, I it just reinforces the fact that this is something that I need to do for myself so that I am like operating the most optimally that I can. Um, you know, and outside of that, uh, I like to do a lot of grounding throughout the day, which is so silly for me to say out loud because it feels so like hippy dippy. Um, and it's maybe not uh, what someone would expect for me to say, but, um, you know, you're sitting at your desk all day. I like to take breaks throughout the day and kind of like go outside barefoot, get my feet like on the ground and the grass, that sort of thing to just remind myself, like you are a human being, you are not a robot. Take a breath, take some space. That's so important. I think also like such a good, uh, maybe like nugget of wisdom for people listening that, you know, we're on a desk all the time. And yes, micro practices throughout your day can be so beneficial. But one, especially in an office environment or a city environment is grounding. And whenever you can get some fresh lawn, I mean, whatever lawn you can get, just take your shoes, socks off, whatever, and just walk and stay still for a bit and feel that grounding it's so powerful I do it a lot whenever I have access to uh yeah the outdoors it can be hard sometimes I in the city uh, and not the cleanest sometimes I was like looking in New York and I was like where would I ground myself I don't know if I can maybe Central <laughs> don't <Park>. do it. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe, maybe not yeah maybe not there's time and place for everything <laughs> but <Yes>. um <laughs> Carrie how about you what are your some rituals yeah um I think one of the things that's been really important for me is writing. So both in terms of like a daily journaling, it could be just utterly mundane and boring, but just having that quick, even if it's five minutes to just write whatever's on your mind um, in the mornings kind of helps me kind of anchor. And uh, someone said to me, like putting things down and writing, writing is like placing an order with the universe. Like every year at the beginning of the year, I write what I hope will have happened a year from now. Um, and it's very funny, like what ends up happening a year later, because I'll send it to people and being like, hold me accountable or like, this is, this is like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm calling it. This is what's going to happen or what I hope will happen. And it's like, yes, visioning, manifesting. Um, it's really important because, um, like if you put it down, there's something very sacred to writing it down. Um, so I think. I would recommend writing daily and also just kind of taking a step back and manifesting. I think that's super, that's been super helpful for me personally. Um, and just meditating also. Um, I'm, I'm not perfect at it, but sometimes when I feel that my chest is tight or I'm feeling stressed or like I, I need to take a big deep breath or just five minutes to go sit in a chair and just like listen to like new age music um, just kind of helps me kind of gain perspective and and sort of walk away from whatever rabbit hole I've gone down and take a step back and just be like, okay, and a year from now, this literally doesn't even matter. <laughs> it's, it'll be fine. Yeah. I won't forget about this in a week. Like it's okay. Just deal with it and then move on. Um, and I think those things have been just like rituals that uh, have been like really, really helpful for me to kind of stay, um, sort of stay grounded and, and, mm. um, that's amazing. I mean, mentally sane. together, like you guys have summed up the four perfect tips I would have like probably like <laughs> needed or listened to and, and what I would advise to like the therapy, the grounding, the writing or journaling, and then the meditating. It's perfect. So I couldn't ask for, uh, like that's like already like the best wisdom from both of you. So that's awesome that you both also had like different ones too. It's great as a duo. It's like the dream team. So uh, I'm going to, before I go to fire on questions, I'm going to go to like a desert island situation. You guys, obviously as a you know new brand, it's not like some brands I have, like they have hundreds of queues. I'm like, okay, it's going to be a little bit more trickier. But for you, I'm interested to see what's your both go-to. So I'm inviting you both to an founded beauty island, but I'm saying Angela Carey, you can only bring one product each from your collection. So curious if, if, if who's, who's a vitamin C and who's a retinol. So Angela, you first. Vitamin C. Vitamin C. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I would. Cause and, I can use it daily. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm hoping that there's SPF on the Island. 
yeah. <laughs> somewhere else. I hope the SPF. So some of the founders will get you sorted. Yeah, we have a lot of SPF brands, so yeah. Yes. Okay. So assuming there's SPFs, then I actually I would bring retinol. I know that sounds yeah. like. Oh, cheating, but um, I... No, but it's good. You can also share, right? You can... So it's kind of, yes, yeah, you can share. Good. We're a team, so I would obviously bring the other product. I think um, prior to launching that product, because we launched it almost a year after we put out the first one, um, yeah. like I was an aggressive, like all forms of retinol user prior. <laughs> and so like I, you know, love retinol. So I tend to and I love our formula so I think I I personally would use it like almost every day Amazing. oh well yeah the great thing Assuming is you have, there's SPF on the island there'll be SPF and the great thing is you you can do some fun you have capsules right so you can like do a trade you can be like hey give me some SPF I'll give you capsules yeah we could like, we could bargain with we'll, the we'll be bartering yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so fire round question first thing that comes to your mind I'm going to start with Angela and then we'll go to Kerry so um Let's take it away. First thing that comes to mind. What is another beauty brand that you're currently loving? Ooh, um, 54 Thrones. Love them. They're so good. They're, they're a Sephora Accelerate brand last year, I remember. And yeah, they're yes, great stuff. Uh, Carrie? Uh, Coffee Beauty. Priyanka. She's amazing. Like, honestly, one of my favorite people. And she's uh, also got the... Um, uh, Times Square billboard for AAPI month as yeah, well. Yeah, so she's really top. Cool. Have you seen I saw that. Yeah, incredible, incredible. So good. Uh, a guilty pleasure of yours? Ooh, uh, all the true crime and murder documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> the Netflix is getting some really good ones. Some really good ones. It's, it's uh, getting dark yeah. and weird over here. <laughs> I, I know, but uh, honestly, I'm a horror movie fan, so you're speaking to the right person. So, um, <laughs> Carrie, how about you? Video games. Oh, what kind of console do you have? Uh, PS4. Kind of because PS4. no one can get a PS5. <laughs> I managed to get a PS5 on well, the I day done. I decided to get it. Um, but I get carsick playing video games, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I don't really play it. But I shouldn't say that's the worst thing to say. Like, I got a PS5, I don't even play it. But I, I play um, Call of Duty on there with my friends sometimes. It's quite good. Um, but yeah, I need to fix this carsick thing. It's the worst thing, like being able, like having a game and then not being able to play because I want to like vomit after like 10 minutes. It's not a good thing at all. But uh, yeah, but video games are good if you can hack it. Uh, what are you currently watching or reading, Angela? Ooh, I just reread on the plane um, "My Body" by Emily Ratajkowski, mm. uh, which I think is an incredible read for anyone. I know I've like urged it on or shoved it on Carrie to read um, and watching. I mean, I just rewatched Bridgerton season two, so. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Carrie? Um, I'm actually reading um, a book called "Barbarian Days." It's about a a, a big wave surfer. Um, my husband, the way I got him to stay in LA was to get him a pair of surf lessons for his birthday. So now he wakes up three times a day to go surfing. He's a Midwestern Chicago boy. So this is very funny for me. Um, but now, (laughs) you know, I just read it to kind of understand the culture around surfing a bit. Um, so that's what I'm currently reading. But in terms of watching, I actually have gone back to watch like episodes of Modern Family. There's something just yeah. so nice and sweet about that show. Very wholesome. So I've just, you know, sometimes you have the TV shows that you have on in the background. You don't really need to pay a lot of attention to or actively watch. So um, lately I've been having that on background. Nice. Very cool. Well, this is going to be an interesting one. I think I know sometimes the answer seems so obvious, but I'm curious to see which out of the main two ones you would choose if it is. What is your favorite social media platform? Instagram for me. I only have TikTok downloaded because of like the brand. I'm I'm an old yeah. woman. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie? Uh probably TikTok because okay. I, I, I get you guys you guys are the perfect duo. You guys I are like giving me both sides. I love it. <laughs> I like dogs and skincare and plants. It just that's all it sends me. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I and mean, yeah, it is true. TikTok air is fire content. <laughs> occasionally yeah the, the for you page is dangerous territory i can it probably knows so more good. about you than you know yourself so, so it's good. very funny it, but tiktok probably knows me better than my husband and better than angela literally honestly i'm not surprised i mean it's a smart algorithm so but yeah very it's sweet. very addictive 
It's very addictive. Um, what is, do you have like a favorite quote or mantra that you kind of go by? Um, oh, I, I have one. I have one before I forget this. Uh, being clear is kind. I had an old I like founder that. that I worked for say that to me and it stuck with me. I love that. And, and, I, and I preach it to everyone now. Yeah. I love that. And Carrie? Um, I don't have the exact quote, but I believe Teddy Roosevelt said something about like, uh, like, don't listen to the critic, listen to the the man, I think in this person, man, or the person that's actually fighting in the arena, Yeah, uh, the blood and the sweat and the tears um, of that person's like the, just the virtue of actually getting in there and getting it done. Um, you know, all credit goes to that person. And I think it's kind of like yeah. entrepreneurship. You kind of have to put your blinders on to... Uh, things people other people are saying or doing and 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 just like you know the 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 Greek chorus is not more noble or knows more about what you're doing than you yourself just kind of getting in there and so guts and glory I guess is <laughs> um, no, it's so I, uh, well I, that's the beauty of right um, I don't know the exact quote no but that's the beauty of the internet and being able to listen to this on online is I can read it now to you because I've just googled it so let's go so the man in the arena it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by the dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be those, or no, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who never know victory nor defeat." Oh, that sounds more dramatic. Um, I had it in my head. Yeah, it was, it was a lot longer than I thought. I was like, but the, yeah, and a lot of a lot of like man. I'm like, what? Okay, but but the nuggets to take from that, extrapolate from that from the modern age. We like it. We like it. Daring greatly. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Um, last question: If you weren't in the beauty space or beauty entrepreneur, what would you be doing right now? I think. Well, this is hard because. I, I I feel like I, at least on my part, I feel so in it at the moment, but I think it would be really cool to be in a position to um, like fund or mentor mm. or some combination of both women like within beauty. Yes. But also outside that just have amazing ideas that, you know, tend to be underfunded or ignored or because they're seeing something that the people that have access to capital don't see and can't relate to. Yeah. Um, I think I mean, we were built on the backs of women that just really wanted us to exist in the very beginning. Like that beta that we talked about, there were a couple of women that came back and asked us, like, is commoner going to be real? Because can I give you 10K to, to help make that a reality? Just, just how I felt on the receiving end of that belief and trust. Um, I think it would be amazing to provide not just advice or help, but just be able to provide capital to other like women, especially women of color that just have such hurdles, um, you know, that others don't in pursuit of a great idea. And honestly, to be honest, like building this brand, you'll be able to get a lot of opportunities doing that because it will come. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited that I think that goal will, will realize within, without, you know, doing, you can do both, which is going to be amazing. Um, and how about you, Angela? Oh, I think I echo Carrie's sentiments a lot. It's something that her and I talk a lot about, um, or kind of her thoughts there. But I think for me also, I, I think I would be writing in some way. I think I would want to share stories of all of these incredible women and humans, uh, you know, that I've, I've encountered specifically over the past few years, um, so I, I think that's what I would be doing in some capacity. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited for the future of Common Air and you guys as founders, your team, uh, I say your family to grow and uh, for you know global expansion. It's all going to come and it's going to be incredible, but it's going to be at your pace in your way. And that's just always to remember. But I uh, would love you know for you to share your handles, both privately, you know, your both your personals and also your brand and the website for everyone to share and, and follow. Yeah, so our website is Common Air, spelled H-E-I-R.com. Um, that's also our handle on Instagram and TikTok, Common Air. 
Um, and then personally, I'm just on Instagram at C-A-R-Y-L-A-N. Send me a DM. I likely will respond. Yeah, so my personal Instagram, because I don't have a TikTok, um, is Angela M. Ubias. So that's U-B-I-A-S. Um, yeah, that's my handle. Amazing. Well, I'll put all the links in the bio and the summary so everyone can just go straight and click ahead um, alongside the causes that you guys are supporting. And uh, I can't wait to now be on this journey with you guys. And uh, now we'll meet in, in real life very soon, hopefully. So until then, wishing you all the best and all the success. Thank you so much, Akash. Thank you so much. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.